Let's go over what our agenda is for today. Number one, first we'll talk about what is gamification, right? And how do we meet parent expectations for VIP Kit? Number two, I'll go over different types of games. First, conventional, meaning no tech, and digital that require some kind of tech. So OBS, Minicam, Google Slides. Number three, we'll do some scenario practice. I'll put you into smaller groups to discuss what to do for certain slides. And at the very end, we will have time for extended Q&A. So if there is something that I did not answer, you can go ahead and ask me at the end. Now, one thing, if you look at the lower left corner of my PowerPoint, you'll see that slide number. If there is a slide you want me to go over again at the end, just go ahead and make a note and remind me, and I can show that again on the screen, especially if I go too quickly. So what are my goals for you today? Number one, I want you to be able to really have fun with your students and engage with them. So I want to give you practical tips that you can quickly apply even after this workshop is over. I also want you to have some fun in this workshop. So let's talk about what gamification is and how do we meet parent expectations here. So here's a quick video. What do you expect the teacher to do in a class? Let's watch this parent. Big question, what do you expect when you see a teacher enter the classroom? What do you expect that teacher to do and look like during the class? Hmm. Well, for me, what matters to me is if the teacher gets fully prepared for the class, uh, before the class, and uh, uh, to, to get prepared prepared fully for the class to ensure each class is worthwhile. And uh, uh, during the class, if the teacher is full of passion to, to teach the case with interesting props and setup to attract the kids' attention. I re uh, actually, I don't like the teacher just uh, just uh, read or going through the, the, the slides, each slides of the miracles PowerPoints. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. So let's go through some of the things that she was talking about here. She is looking for a teacher with good energy, very passionate and prepared for class, and offering a worthwhile overall experience. She's not looking for someone that has low energy. You're just kind of there, but not really involved. Just reading through the slides or offering a very standard type of experience. So I want to give you the tools tonight of what to do to plus that slide or make that lesson a lot more dynamic for you and your students. So why should we use gamification? Think about gamification as a natural way to extend in a really fun way. So we know that English is complex. We talk about reading, writing, listening, and speaking in a 25-minute class. That's a big deal. So using games can really make it easier for students to learn and retain the information that they're learning. We want them to continue progressing through our lessons. Now, number one reason why I use gamification is we want to motivate our students to participate. We all know the difficulties with the lesson that if a student doesn't speak, if they're not talking or participating, it feels so long and it really, really drags. So we really want to motivate them to participate. Number two, we also want to re-engage students that are having trouble or bored. Maybe they don't want to be there or they're stressed or maybe the lesson content is too challenging for them. This is a perfect opportunity to play a game and really have 
lots of fun. And number three, we want to build a very positive and welcoming class culture. This is not something that should cause them a lot of anxiety, right? They should have fun and they should learn at the same time. So I talked about motivation and engagement. Let's look at two class clips of how I'm doing this in class. Here's the first one. Forbidden, forbidden city. Yes, the forbidden city. Where is the forbidden city? In Beijing. Where is the forbidden city? The forbidden city is Beijing. Excellent. There you go, Bobby. Nice job. Okay, so what did I do here to motivate my student? You can let me know in the chat box. Full sentence use, right? That's something that we should always encourage in class. So the easy way that I do this is gamification with teacher versus students on a whiteboard. So if you say a full sentence, you get a point. If you don't say a full sentence, I get a point. Now, do they want me to win? No, they don't want me to win. But as a teacher, if I'm winning, that means that I really need to help them more with that struggle point. It could be full sentence use, using articles in class, answering comprehension check questions correctly. If I know that they're doing well, even with me or doing better, which is ideal, then I know they're really doing well in that lesson. But if I have so many more points than them, I have to slow down, I have to help them as a teacher. So that's a great way to manage time, but also know if they're doing well or not in the class. Right? So teacher versus student is a great one. I do this all the time. A way that I couple this as my reward system is every couple points, let's say three points, I can give them a star. So that's a way that I can couple my teacher versus student with the reward system in class. So by the end of the class, hopefully they have all five stars, 15 points. Let's increase engagement in class as well. This is a very kind of typical slide for VIP Kid. Let's see what I'm doing here to just make it more fun with gamification. Huddy, you're doing so well today, so I have four numbers here. One, two, three, four. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Make a sentence with number three. Hmm. Uh, we need to share something. What are they sharing? They are sharing a uh, pizza. Stop. Two. Yeah. Where are you live? So where do you live? Where do you live? I live in Thailand. Where do you live? I live in Shanxi. Great, honey. And one more. Number one. Ah, I like to eat pear. Yes, I like to eat pears too. That so did this increase engagement in the classroom? Especially with this very typical slide, right? And it's so easy. This is something I learned when I first started teaching. So if you have Uno cards, if that's one of your favorite games and you have one laying around, these are perfect. They're super visual, they're super bright. Look at that. So I have numbers one through four, just mix it up. Stop, gives them some control, makes it more random, 
makes it more fun. So lots of opportunities to speak. They're actively involved and participating in class. Now, the reason why I use these cards instead of like a pair of dice or die, for example, is that I can modify this for pretty much any class. So let's say there are six activities on the slide. Just add numbers five and six. If there are only three, take out number four. Now you have one, two, three. You can randomize it, take out the numbers as we go along. So it's a great way to just pizzazz this slide, right? Think of it that way. So some active strategies to remember. We always want our students to speak as much as possible. That is our ultimate goal in class. That's also what parents love. For levels one through three, this is a 50-50 student-teacher talk ratio. For levels four and above, this is 70-30. If your students are already talking more than you are in class, perfect, you are golden. Number two, get them to move, especially if they're falling asleep or bored. Movement is a great strategy to use to get them back into the lesson. So for example, with my younger students, level one and two, Simon Says is a great one. I can show that with my doll or puppet, right? Simon Says, stand up. Simon Says, sit down, touch your nose. I didn't say Simon Says. So that's a really easy way to illustrate movements with a puppet or a doll. I'll also go over strategies for older students as well. And last one is switch. Pretend to be different characters. So using the AR stickers is a great technique for this. I also have a pair of sunglasses. So then I'll be a different person entirely. So I can role play, I can be the students, I can be a bad student right, or a lazy student and they have to correct me. So for my older students, I have them teach me something on the slide and then they have to correct my mistakes. A great technique for that, for everyone here, is spell something wrong. So let's say I'm spelling the word apple. A-P-E-L. Apple? And they have to correct me as the teacher. That's a good way to involve some spelling or strategy with your lessons. Right? They love it when I make a mistake. So here are some AR stickers that are available for you to use. Feel free to take a picture of this if you'd like with your phone or your computer. So just going over some things that are available to you, different, different types of foods, crowns, things you can put on your head. Animals are great for lots of lessons. We have dino stickers, Meg and Mike. We have different wigs and also festival and holiday types of stickers. So I really recommend keep this saved somewhere as a visual cue or visual reference. Think about three or four AR stickers you can use in a lesson that are specific to that class. So the other day I was talking about weather, so I used the umbrella one with rain. That was a great one. If I'm talking about animal movements, there's one with crabs that are crawling on the sand. If I'm talking about Christmas, Santa Claus right here. So many different holiday-themed stickers. Right? I also did one with cats. There's a pirate. So many great things you can put on your face to help engage them. You're welcome. Thank you, Karina. So teachers, you can type out number one, two, or three in the chat box. Should we play games on every single slide? Tell me number one. Yes, definitely. Type out number two. No, there isn't enough time. Or number three. I don't know. You can be honest with me. See some twos and threes? Look at that.
no, there isn't enough time. So as much as I would love to play games on every single slide, our main objective is to get through that slide content. But there are so many slides where if they're so quick or if it's too easy for a student, play a game. That's a great way to hook them back in. Right? So number two is the correct answer here. So some game tips. Remember that your game should be simple and easy to explain. If I have to explain the game for five minutes, that's not effective for VIP kid. Right? Number two, lesson relevant. If I play a game that is fun, but it's not educational, or it doesn't add value to the class, it will become a distraction. And we don't want that to happen. So keep that in mind, thoughtfully put in games. Number three, interactive with instant feedback. Remember my teacher versus student. This can show us really quickly if a student is doing well or on target with the class, or if they are not, and if they are struggling. Good visual cue for both you and the student. Motivate them, give them some stars, like I talked about before. And number four, avoiding fluff. What does that mean? Let me know in the chat box, avoiding fluff. Killing time. Does anyone like marshmallow fluff? You know, the one that comes in the jar, the can? I see some nodding of the heads. You know, I do like it. <laughs> I love s'mores too. It's not nutritional, it's not healthy, it tastes good. Same thing with the game. So even if it's fun, it has to add some value to that class. So don't just kill time or waste time. It's very obvious to parents and to VIP kid, right? So let's do a typical fluff type of game. Tic-tac-toe. You know, I don't really like tic-tac-toe, to be honest, but it's very easy to play and super simple to explain. But if we play tic-tac-toe normally, if you watch me, what's not happening here? There's no talking. Right? It's not educational, it's just killing time. So you want to keep this in mind. Tic-tac-toe is great, especially for younger students, but make it educational. So easy way to do this is you can use the blank slide at the very end of your PowerPoint. Let's say I'm on slide number 10, I'll just type out slide 24, it will jump directly there. That can be my reward system. And then every turn they can use a word in a sentence. So maybe I can model, my father is loving, and then they can say something else using the same word. If they're younger, you can also have them say the word three times or spell the word, and that can be good practice. If you like to prepare before class, you can also make a grid on a whiteboard or piece of paper, and then write down the words from the lesson in the boxes, and they choose a word for an X or an O and use that in a sentence. There you go. Fun game for them to play, and it's educational. I like to do a couple rounds of this. I'll give them a star and then we'll continue with the lesson. Right, so that's one fluff game. Another one is hangman, but I don't use the word hangman. So I use the word secret word right, to describe this game. I like to use the blank page at the very end of the lesson. So I'll draw a silly face or character on the screen, and then I'll have them guess what the vocabulary word is from the lesson. Once that character is fully erased, then they lost the game. So that's a way that you don't have to draw like a hanging man and just call it secret word or fun word, whatever you prefer. You can do the same thing with your whiteboard. Like let's say I draw a silly 
silly face like this. And then if they get the answers wrong, then I'll slowly start erasing the face. So they know if the character is gone, they lost the game. Right? High frequency words are great for this. If you want to save time, you can also give them a letter bank of some letters to choose from, and that could help. Or type out or write down the first letter. Right? So two classic games, Hangman and Tic-Tac-Toe, that you can make educational for VIP Kid. Right? So it's not wasting time, but having fun. Now let's go over reward systems. This is an easy way to increase engagement in your classroom. Now, every five minutes for time management, I like to give one star. So by the end of that 25-minute class, they have all five stars for the lesson. Now, the easy way to do this is every five minutes, click on that plus sign. That will give the student a star. Right? So that's in the upper left corner of your screen. Now, you can either use the PowerPoint reward that's already built in or the secondary reward system. Just remember, whatever reward system that you're using, you always want to give them a star in addition. Pair those two things up together. If you only do your own reward system, like let's say I do this, good job, but I'm not giving them any stars. It looks like I'm not rewarding that student. So always pair it together. Some teachers make the mistake of not giving any stars because they already have their own reward system. You need to do both. All right, so just, just keep that in mind. So teachers, let me know what reward system do you use in class if you are teaching? Number one, number two, number three, or number four? None. I'm enough. See some threes, also twos. I tend to use a combination of both. Yeah, built-in one to build rapport. That's a great one. Let's go over how to do that. So here are two examples of typical reward systems that are already built into your PowerPoint. The first one is from level two. That's an interactive one. This is great to model drag and drop that feature for the students. I don't typically use this as a reward system, but I use it as a way to build conversation for the students. So let's say they can move things around on the family tree. They can talk about their grandparents or their mom or their dad. That's a great way to segue into the lesson. Many of the reward systems are very static. Maybe they're not the most exciting. Static means that there are no movable objects on the screen. So let's say we can talk about the frog. Maybe I'll write down a word for each frog. Let's say, I can't think of any words right now except apple, fruits. Maybe I'll write down some words right here and they can make a sentence with each fly that they put in the frog's mouth. All right, so it's up to you. You can gamify these. Now let's talk about your own reward system. This is a demo class from the head office. It's not real. But let's see her reward system and let's assess it as a group. Yeah, you're a great reader. You get another piece on our tower. Awesome. What did we think about this? Yeah. You're a great reader. You get another piece on our tower. Awesome. Is there any student output happening here? Yeah, it's pretty passive. Oh yeah, also for body language, right? Not the best. So let's talk about making it very active here. 
So this is a very typical reward maybe for lower level students, which is fine, but let's make it better. What are some ways we can do that? Show excitement, definitely. Let them choose the color. You got it. Anytime you can give the students some choice, they'll really be a lot more involved automatically. Number them. That's a great technique. From largest to smallest or vice versa. You can maybe do TPR. They can throw it. You can catch it. Pretend to do that. Now let's make it educational even better. If you have post-it notes or a dry erase marker, you can write on them or put a post-it note with some words from the lesson. So every time they choose a certain ring, they can make a sentence with that word. There you go. Educational and fun for both you and your students. So just think about that as you do reward systems in class. What are some ways I can increase student output and interactivity in the lesson? So quick overview for our first half of the workshop. It's already been almost 30 minutes. Right. So it helps to bridge gaps between you and your student, especially if you have a brand new student, you want to make that connection very quickly so they continue to book with you. Number two, kids love to play games. I love to play games. They love to play games. Really easy way to build your brand as a teacher. We also want to increase a lot of natural language practice in the classroom. If they're making sentences, making stories really involved, they are just producing more and more language in that lesson also increasing student output. And this helps with pacing and student errors. If I have a brand new student and I notice that they're making lots of mistakes or really having trouble in that lesson, I have to slow down, I have to help them with those struggle points. That really helps me as a teacher. If they're just excelling in all areas, then I also have to slow them down and challenge them even further. So as a new teacher or a teacher that's teaching a brand new student, this can help you a lot with time management. So most importantly, this can help you get recognized by parents and students. This may lead to increased bookings. If you have a great review for your class that a parent has left, that you're very involved, you're engaging, the students are having lots of fun, you're playing games, the next parent that sees that will want to book with you right away. So that can really build up your bookings on your schedule. So let's talk about conventional games. No tech required. Very, very easy to implement in your class. Let's start. Number one, I like to play a game called the Zoom game. For example, if you look at me, what is it? What do you see? Any guesses? Moo. Yes, it's a cow. This is probably, it looks like a bull, right? But this is a cow. So this is a really easy way to have fun with your student. You can also do this for teacher versus student. Mark up the points. What I'm not doing is the passive approach. For example, Bill, cow, cow, right? That's very passive. They're not really involved. So show them something first. You have a prop or a puppet or a doll or a flashcard, and then zoom out like that. Now, teacher, something a little bit harder for you. Look at the screen. What do you see?
Yeah, you see me. <laughs> yes, Susan, <laughs> I'm here. I did have a teacher say, oh, are we looking at you or the screen? Yeah, so if you look at the screen, <laughs> this is an onion. I can even give clues. You can grow this. If you cut it, you may cry. So that's an easy way and fun way they can also guess and think. Shout out, they're super involved. Right? You can do this also with your phone. If you are using your phone in class, decrease the brightness and angle it so it doesn't get your camera. You can see your faces right there, right? So you can angle it and lower the brightness so they can see it. You can zoom in and then zoom out on a picture. So that's another way you can use your phone in class. Another one, this is an example of a very, a very quick paste slide. What is this place? It is a farm. Okay, we're finished. Let's slow down. I like to play a game called I Spy. So use a lesson slide with a lot of pictures. I spy a pink animal. Oh, teacher, it is a pig, right? And then we can switch. They can tell me a clue. I spy a big brown animal. Oh, Bill, I see a chick. I'll get it wrong on purpose and they have to correct me. So really easy way, if you have a slide with lots of pictures, you can make it more interactive. To go a little bit further with this, here's an example of a level two slide with five different phonics types of words. How can I make this more interactive? How can I gamify it? Name the kittens a different word. You can do that. Okay, let's see. If I write down the numbers, remember my cards? I can use these. I can mix it up, right? And then we can say those uh, words, right? Use Uno cards. Another thing is use the magnifying glass tool in your class. Students love to move things around. So at the lower right corner of your PowerPoint when you're teaching, you'll see that magnifying glass icon. Click on that. That will show up on the screen for them to move. Let's see my example here. Shack. Shack. Shock. 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 Wit. Wit. Shut. Shut. Wet. Wet. So she's moving that around on the screen. Does she understand the phonic sounds based on this little game? Yeah, I can tell as the teacher, she was able to find those phonics sounds. She's only level two, but this is a great way to make any static or passive slide a lot more interactive. I do this a lot for my young students. It's a great technique. I don't really have to model how to use it. They just kind of automatically know what to do. They just move it around on the screen. They can do it with the mouse or their iPad. So ways that I can model this if they're using it from their computer, I can just show my mouse moving it around like this, or I can kind of model like an iPad with my finger moving around. So usually they just get it, what to do.
To turn it off, just click on that magnifying glass tool icon one more time. That will turn it off on the screen. So I do this with words. You can also do that with iSpy, the game that I just showed you, and then they can find things on the screen. Or you can find things, and they can tell you what to find and make a mistake, and they have to correct you. So other conventional games to play are Room Scavenger Hunt. I will ask them to find something that's heavy, shiny, old, starts with letter A. Teachers on camera, can you find something that is red in your room? I see a basket, I have a pen, a barrel. Is that a barrel of monkeys, Amanda? Excellent, I love that. Other cool things, I don't know what they are, but they look cool. I see an apple, headphones. There you go. So what happens when you do this with the students? They'll be super excited. They'll find something in their room. You can have an easy conversation. I do this a lot when there's a lull in the lesson. Maybe they're getting bored or tired. Great technique. If you want to make this a race, 10, 9, 8, 7, you can do a countdown and they can run something, run and find it. One tip, though, for me is that always have something you can show either as a model for younger students first or if they can't find anything, so you can still talk about that object, right? If I'm talking about the word green, I can show my green plant. I have a green plant. Do you have anything green? And they can run around and find it in their room. Right? Number two is make three sentences with the word recycle, right? I can recycle cans. I can recycle bottles. I can recycle paper. And then you can time that as well. If you have a timer or use the timer on your phone, let me bring that up. I can go ahead and say, ready, set, go, and then time it like that. And last one is true or false. Great way to check if they're paying attention. I made two cards, an X and a check mark. I'll say a sentence, penguins can fly. What's the answer? Penguins can swim. You can also do the same thing maybe with a big X or O or thumbs up, thumb th thumbs down, right? So this is a good way to check for comprehension. Also a good nonverbal cue to lower your teacher talk. So some slide practice here. This is a level four slide. Green and call. The grass is green. I call my mom. What are some things I can ask them to find for room scavenger hunt? Find something green, yeah. Find a phone, there you go. We can pretend to call each other. Find their mom, yeah. You can ask that as well. Find a toy, maybe find a green toy, right? So you know if they bring something that's red, then they don't know what green means or what that concept is, right? Number two, make three sentences with the word green or with the word call. If they're more advanced, Make three sentences, call, calling, calls. Okay. And true or false, I call my grass. I don't know, something like that, right? The grass is blue. I call my, I call my mom using a banana. Banana phone. Let's go over reading. Reading can be quite passive for our students. Some things I like to do, Gamification, summarize what we read using one phrase. Tell me in one sentence what this is about. Recycling is important. 
Number two, draw a picture related to what we read, like Pictionary. 30 seconds, I can draw a picture on my whiteboard. They can draw it on the screen. We can guess what that picture is. Lately, I've been having them close their eyes and draw something. I'll draw something too, and we try to guess what that is. That can be quite fun. And name five. Name five is a game where I ask them a topic. Name five things you can recycle. Plastic, paper, newspaper, bottles, glass. Nice work. I can either give them some points if I'm doing this or a star. Let's practice. So teachers, if we talk about summarizing, what is this paragraph about in one sentence? Let me know in the chat box. So think about it. if you're modeling this for your student, you can use correct grammar, punctuation, things like that. I sound like a strict teacher. Right? The Great Wall is a landmark in Beijing. Excellent. The Great Wall is an old landmark. Right? The Great Wall is old, big, and long. You got it. This is a great way to also compare and contrast your answers between you and your student. Verbally, they can say it or they can type it. Number two, draw a picture related to what we just read. Okay, let's draw the Great Wall. Close your eyes and we can draw the Great Wall and compare our pictures. A lot of students are very artistic. They're really great at drawing. Name five. What's an example of name five I can ask them? Name five landmarks in China. Name five facts. Excellent. Name five things you know about the Great Wall. Name five things about the Great Wall, yes. Maybe name five landmarks in China or in the world or in America. All right, so many different things you can do with this. If they're younger, you can ask them, name five things you see in the picture. So do you have to use all three of these games for one slide? No, choose one that works in that situation. So if I have a lot of students that draw very well, so I do a lot of draw pictures or Pictionary in my class. If I only have a couple seconds, name five is a great one. Right? That's a very quick paced game. So let's move on to digital games for this section. These are games that use tools like Minicam or Google Slides, etc. Let me know in the chat box, teachers, do you use digital tools or props in class? Yes, no, or I want to start. One, two, or three. I like that enthusiasm. Yeah, I want to start. I'll give you some quick tips how to get started. Now, Google Slides, if you've heard of this, this is a huge Facebook group with over 40,000 members which is incredible. And these are free extension slides and reward slides that you can use in class for pretty much every lesson. Now, there are two ways you can use this. Number one is you can load this on your phone and show it on camera. That's the easy way to get started, right? Little by little is a great way to get started. Or you can show an overlay from your computer. So I'm using Minicam. I can overlay effects and Google Slides directly on my screen for them to see. But I started doing this with my phone 
just loaded it on my phone and then showed it like that as a digital tool. So I will show you a video that shows two examples of this, right? So examples of teachers using it from Minicam and also examples of teachers using it from their phone. So let's watch. Uh, Don, for OBS, I do recommend, I'll go over on the next slide, join the Facebook group. There are videos and tutorials on how to get started using that. There's also another workshop offered every week called the Magic of Digital Props and Effects. I'll briefly talk about that as well, right? but great question. So here's an example from the Google Slides group of how teachers are using it. The teacher died <laughs> Do they listen? What is it? This is a funny horse. What? He eats a car. He does eat a car. He <laughs> is Yes, and teacher Tim is the tallest. You can't I know. I know. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> a hill. A hill. Pick one. Uh, how? How? Okay. Oh, you will ask me a question with how. Uh, ask me. I hate the ball. How can yes. you do this? Oh. It's a video. Uh, the yeah. last class is a is a picture. Now it's a video. Yes, yes. I use videos with vocabulary because it makes me remember better. So I know that some students learn better when they read. Some students learn better when they see. Some students learn better when they hear. So I use all three when I teach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you like it? Yes, I like it. I've seen this video so many times, but it still makes me smile. So are the students engaged in class? Oh, definitely. Did you hear all those laughs? Are the teachers also engaged and having fun? It's a win-win. And can you believe this is all free? Completely free, it saved me so much time. So getting started, I highly recommend joining the Facebook group for Google Slides. I put the link in the chat box if you'd like to join. And once you join the group, look at the unit section, like I highlighted right here. Under the units, there are getting started guides. So walk through videos that you can follow along with on how to get started using this in your own classroom. So if you go on your computer, it's very easy to see this under the unit section, just click on that or getting started. So many great resources, Zoom videos, walkthroughs, step-by-step -step guides, PowerPoint slides, etc. This is a great Facebook group. I've learned so much from the group and they're super positive. So I highly recommend that you check this out if you have some time.